Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Better Blokes podcast, um, where we are just two blokes who are trying to be a little bit... Trying to be a little bit better and a bit less of a shit cunt. Doesn't matter how many times we try that. Every time I look at Andy, he still fucks it up. <laughs> to be honest, it's not something we've agreed on. There's the a certain way The first time, we nailed it, and it was off the cuff completely. Yeah, but that's the thing. It wasn't rehearsed. Yeah. So now that you want me to do a thing, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> I say we're just trying to be a little bit, you go, better, and I go, and a bit less of a and shit, cunt. shit cunt. Oh, well. It's got a, like a song and a rhyme to it. But look, we've gotten 45 seconds of content out of what it should have been a 10-second intro. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway. It's a talent. Yeah, it is. Anyway, welcome back. Welcome it feels like it's been a while since we recorded. Look, I mean, full disclosure, the last episode we released was not recorded directly before it. It was oh. recorded a few weeks earlier. So it's actually been since the... Just after the run, the Monday after the Monday 60K after the ultra, run. So it's been three, no, two, three weeks. It's been three weeks. No, it's been two. Well, it's two and a half because it was on a Monday. We normally don't record on a Monday. There's a good point, Andy. Yeah. Why we keep you around. So yeah, it has been a, a little bit and there's been a lot that's actually kind of gone on in that time. Yeah, um, lots happened in that short time. Yeah, um, both of us are carrying injuries at the moment. Yeah, um, I thought there'd be niggles that would go away soon and they're not. No. Um, and I also went to the Rugby Sevens in Dubai, which was so much fun, um, but also is taking a little bit of recovering from. So. <laughs> Another injury. Yeah, another injury. <laughs> this of the entire body and body clock. An injured soul. No, the soul's great. <laughs> soul feels fine. It just wants to go back to Dubai. <laughs> um, it's going to be, if I ever go back to Dubai, which I, I will. Um, you say if you ever go back, you're planning on going back next year. Yeah. Um, it, I, I'm scared that it will be a letdown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just purely from a... It's like, you know, the way people like take heroin and, the, and they're always chasing that first high. That's going to be every trip you go to Dubai for now. I mean, I probably would have used a different metaphor, but yeah, it works. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but like, um, it works. Yeah, I would have gone more for like, yeah, it's when you, you're always chasing that like first time. Yeah. Because it, it feels so much better. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Nicely done, Andy. Yeah, thanks. I will say that though. Um, my most recent trip to Amsterdam when I went back home in April was my favorite. It was better than the previ- four previous times I was in Amsterdam. Interesting, because I'm currently potentially looking at doing Europe next year and Amsterdam as a location has been postulated and I'm like eh, do I need to go back I feel like I've depends what you go back for because <laughs> the, la- the most recent time I went back it was not to uh it was not to like go and get have the, the de- <laughs> partake of the devil's lettuce it was to like I have two mates who live there now like properly live there and uh it was nice to be shown around the part of the city they live in. Like they're close to Dam Square and all that, but they're just ten minutes out, ten minute cycle out. Yeah. So it was nice to be be in neighborhoods surrounded purely by Dutch people. Okay, that's cool. So it was a much more authentic experience, and I finally got to cycle around the city, which was so much fucking fun. Yeah. Well, I cycled around when I was there. It's so much fun. It is fun. It's funny that they you, it's in a city where you can openly take drugs, and sleep with a prostitute that you will get into more trouble for riding your bike like a dickhead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's it's like it's, it'd be like driving like a dickhead. Yeah, well, like, the s- cyclists have right away over pedestrians and everything. Yeah. Cyclists are king. And we, me and Shawnee had rented these, like, absolute donkeys of bikes that took so much effort to go so slow. And then all the, like, 
Dutch, like especially the more like mature, like middle aged ones who've like made their money and all that, on their like three and four grand Van Wolf bikes <laughs> that they put so little effort into it just because they're so slick and then yeah. the gearing's unreal. They're just flying, and all you hear coming up behind you while well, you're struggling is hello, <laughs> which essentially means obviously it means hello, but it, it means really, get really means get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> yeah, no, one of the boys he was um he was riding like you know got a bit of speed up and then took his legs off the pedals and had his like had legs up in the air. And some cop just walks, goes past him and goes, stop fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> they don't take shit over there. Yeah. Should we open our beers? We absolutely should. All right, let me just get a... Get a grip. grip. <laughs> I was going to say something that would have been a phrasing, but I didn't because I'm mature now. Oh, yeah. Three, two, one. Oh, it's a boy. Mm. Well, it's been a while since I've had a beer. Better beer. Um... Been a while since I've had a non-alcoholic beer. Um, yeah, you've enjoyed your December. I have enjoyed my end of November and December. It's funny that when when I was in Dubai, like it, obviously it was like a rugby tour, and like I say tour, but English people say tour, and like I feel like it's kind of different. <laughs> like the English rugby lads tour is like a thing. It's like a and there's rules and stuff. One of the rules is left hand drinking is in play all the time. So if you get caught drinking. Anything in your right hand. Someone tried to um, buffalo me on a glass of water. <laughs> I was like, I guess. Like, <laughs> it's just water. Um, but now whenever I... Like, Rills are real, I'm putting drinks into my left hand to sip from and then putting them back into my right hand. I've been home for two weeks. Yeah, I mean, it, it's cult-like behaviour. Yeah, but I enjoy it. It's good yeah. times. Um, what are you going to talk about today, Andy? I think today, with this coming out on what will be the 19th of December... So the last full podcast for the year, we're going to do an end of year review. Ooh, cute. As we've both had quite big years, have we? Well, yes, <laughs> I have. Speaking yeah. speaking for myself, um, yeah, like we've had big years, business wise, training wise, just kind of life wise, self development, self development wise, which is a, why we're all here. We're trying to be less of shit cunts. Yeah, that not bad phrasing. We're trying, trying to, to be, be less of a shit cunt. Less of a shit cunt, not yeah. less shit cunts. Anyway, yeah, so we both had big years, developmentally wise, business wise. Training wise, so yeah, we're gonna do a bit of a review. So, Robbie, how was your year? Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's funny, like, just as a weird well, not a segue, but like a point. I was talking to Dave this morning, and I just kind of I said, um, I feel like the year has flown by, but when I look back to January last year, it feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah, you realize how much shit you've done. Yeah, like in um the space of twelve months, and I mean, this is gonna come off as a brag, but you know what? My podcast, so you can go fuck yourself. Um, our podcast, our podcast. Um, I, yeah, I mean, at, with fitness playground, we obviously have a level system for our PTs sort of level one through to level three. Um, and at the start of the year, I was still a level one. So I only got my level two at the end of January and I got my level three in August, which is up there with one of the fastest, faster one people to have done it, which I'm big man thing. Yeah. I'm pretty proud of, um, it was kind of like a goal I set when I first rocked up there. So to do it in just over a year with four months of lockdown in that as well. Oh, that's what I was going to say. You would have yeah. done it quicker if it wasn't for the lockdown. Yeah. So that felt pretty good um, to get through that. And then on top of that, um, launched my online business with the help of obviously our business mentor who's been on this podcast, Matt, Matt Peacock. Peacock. Oh, uh, that was insane. That was cool. That was, that was cool. Um, in May and... Um, you know, like it's still, I'm still like learning about online coaching and sort of putting stuff together, but I'm pretty happy with the progress I've made as an online coach that yeah. I've got these like systems in place. I've got clients that are online, I'm getting them results. So that feels pretty bloody good from that angle. 
and just as, like Matt's helped in terms of my face-to-face business, in terms of self-development, in terms of like who I am, definitely there's been a huge, huge amount of growth, which leads me into my personal development, which is, yeah, I feel like it's been pretty, pretty bloody huge. Um, I did 105 days sober earlier in the year um, and like a few other like decent periods, like three, four weeks. Recently, not so much. You've done 105 days drinking. (laughs) I think I made up for it in the last few weeks. Um, But yeah, so like in terms and like that wasn't just I was just sitting inside being a hermit. Like um, I managed to to juggle social activities with not drinking. And at times um, when, you know, when I, I did a photo shoot earlier in the year, I actually like was going out and having to like sit whilst other people were eating and just socialize because I'd already, you know, done my eating for the day and probably couldn't fit in a bunch of fried food. And like me, you know, two years ago, definitely could not have got myself through that. So pretty proud of that. Um, and then that leads into obviously the sort of training wise. So doing that first, um, first triathlon, which was a half Ironman, which is pretty rogue to do your first triathlon at that distance um, in Cairns. Someone almost say it's silly. Yeah. No, there's a few things that I've done this year that might, some might say are silly Um, and that being one of them. So then uh, hitting my, um, so first half Ironman then in Cairns, which was a lot of fun um, and sort of like a huge achievement for me. Um, And then, and that was just in the first half of the year, second half of the year, um, you know, done, done a bit more, managed to uh, do a first ultra marathon, which we both did a couple of weekends ago. We're still feeling. Yeah. Still in quite a bit of pain from that. (laughs) but yeah, so it was a big year, um, and I think sometimes I struggle to comprehend how much I've done behind me, and just keep looking forward. So I've actually managed to take some time to look back recently, which is pretty good. Yeah, it's always a good idea to look back because you never, like, you get to that point, you're like, oh shit, like you said, the year's gone so fast. Like, what's next? What's next? What's next? And then if you don't look back, like you'll never kind of, it's, you should pat yourself on the back when you've done a good job, and I'd say you've done a fairly good job as well. Thanks, Andy. It's funny because I actually give this advice to clients and I'm one of the people who is more horrible at not taking their own advice. Um, And I say like, think of it about like when you're digging a hole, like if you just keep looking at the ground in front of you, you'll never realise how far you've come. But if you turn and look up, you'll actually see you've gone pretty bloody deep. So um, I turned up, I looked up back at where I'd come recently and I felt pretty good about it. I looked at your hole. (laughs) That was all you. (laughs) That was all you. I was going to ignore it. That was all you. Um, what about you, Andy? How about your year? Yeah, my year has been obviously we've done similar things. A lot of a lot of it we've done together. We've launched um, the best. Oh, po- yeah, we the, launched a podcast. Yeah, we well. launched a betterest podcast in Australia. Um, yeah, we did the ultra marathon. I think similar to yourself in terms of at the start of the year, I was on the level two. I was in that position, and um, when we came out of lockdown, I've obviously achieved my level three within Fitness Playground, which is at the moment the highest we can go. Yeah, which would be nice. Level four, level four sounds good. Create one. Yeah, but then again, this just means more work. Yeah. Um. So yeah, business wise, like we've gone down a very similar route as we're both branching into online coaching. We both have the exact same business mentor in Senor Peacock. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Senor Peacock just sounds funny for some yeah, reason. It, <laughs> it just sound, it sounded nice in my head, and it sounded better coming out of my mouth. <laughs> um. So yeah, like same as yourself, launch an online business. Obviously we do like similar coaching, like we both learn from the same people in terms of Matt Peacock and Luke Lehman. We've both done a lot of the same education, but we coach different demographics. Yeah, we have a somewhat. slightly different approach as well. 
very similar in some aspects, different in others, which is which is cool. And it's always interesting as well to surround yourself with people who do the same thing you do, but do it differently. Well, yeah, I mean, like, it's just good to have that variety in place. Yeah, and, and it's how you learn as well. Like, yes, you're going to learn off people who've come before you, but you're also going to learn off people who are doing the same thing that you're doing at the same time. Yeah. Because you can learn from their approach yeah. and they can learn from yours. We which can look over at each other's work. As well. Exactly. And be like, oh, I approach this problem this way. How did you approach it? Yeah. And then kind of like brainstorm and go from there. Yeah. Because as much as university will try to teach you the opposite, in the world is not in, in a closed book exam. You can uh, look at other people's notes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and if, if you're not a dick about it, people will share share the notes with you. That just reminds me. I have had one of the thing, which was this week. Yeah. I officially finished my uni degree. Yay. Yeah. So I'm, I finally, I, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. That's okay. Are you a scientist now? I am. Yeah, I'm going to start rocking up to work in a lab coat. <laughs> oh, you absolutely should. <laughs> um, uh, I also, because, um, again, a bit of a tangent, but going into this final exam, I think I was on like 52%. So all I needed, out of 30 in the final, I needed like 14 to pass the whole thing. Happy days. And Did you get 14? <laughs> no, my mark ended up being 63, my total mark. And I was like... It's a bit of a comeback, Robbie. You've almost got a credit from what was barely a pass. Did the math. I got 89% in the final. I got, an, I got an, a high distinction. Happy days. Class attendance? One. One. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, I love open book exams. Yeah. All right, go on, sorry. You should have passed the fucking subject last year then. Yeah. It, it was a closed book exam. Oh, so, so did, why'd they change that? No, it's a different subject. All right. Anyway, um, back on to me. But yeah, so like <laughs> business-wise, I've, I've grown a lot. Um, where's it going? Yeah, and then I've had a big shift in how I approach training, uh, not just for myself, but also for clients as well. Uh, one thing I wanted to do this year was further my education. Once I got to that level three point three, got to that level three stage within work um, internally, I wanted to focus on further my education, learning more, so that I can obviously deliver more value and. It's always nice knowing more. Like you're never gonna, you're never gonna know enough, regardless of like whether it's fitness or whether I was in a different line of work doing a different job. You can always know more. You can always be better, and that's the approach that I take with my training, but also how I wanted to take with my clients' training. So we were lucky enough to get involved with Muscle Nerds in terms of we went and did a seminar. And Luke happened to take a shining to myself and yourself because we're absolute characters. And because, because I look like a werewolf on meth. meth. Yeah. <laughs> Luke's exact words. Wolverine on meth. That's yeah, like. that was it. <laughs> um, so yeah, like we went, went to the Muslim Nerd Seminar, learned a lot, and it kind of unlocked a few doors in terms of how I think. And I think it did the same for you as well. Like, And it's not to say that I was approaching stuff wrong, but I was like, I was probably looking at how I approach training clients, it's definitely very different now than it was last year. And a big part of that is thanks to uh, thanks to Luke. So um, yeah. shout out to Luke Lehman. Thanks, Luke. Big fan of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he loves it. I hear he listens to every single episode. Yeah, he does. He told me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, we're lucky enough like to have gotten face-to-face time with Luke who, I mean, we both look up to from like an education standpoint, but he's also our mentor's mentor. Yeah. He lives in a different city. Yeah. And we got face-to-face time with him three times this year. Yeah, well, like... Two awful. of those times with alcohol involved. Yeah. <laughs> Which is when you hear the real good stuff. Yeah, no, but it's great. Like, And it all stemmed from just building good relationships at a set. Like, at the end of the day, we just attended a seminar, and it just so happened that... So, because he ran out of the Fitness Playgrounds HQ, um, 
he was training in the gym the following day. Like, obviously, we chat we chatted to him quite a bit, but so did everyone. Yeah. And it was only on the Monday I was chatting to him while he, he was just doing his own training, and he was like, do you want to train with me? <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing? He's like, Olympic lifting. I was like, I've never fucking Olympic lifted in my life. <laughs> yeah. Far maybe twice, giving it yeah. a go, like, dicking around. Yeah, with, like, a two and a half on each side of an eight kilo bar. <laughs> exactly. And he's like, that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, fuck. Because I was sitting there doing work, and that's yeah. why he came up and started chatting to me. I was like, shit, I better go train now. So I didn't train with him, but I trained the rack beside him, did my own session that I'd normally do with a few tweaks and kind of like put us uh, some of the stuff that he, that he taught us in this, in there during the seminar over the weekend into practice. And I was able to like ask him questions and like build that relationship. And from that, he was down in Sydney. It was a few, like maybe six or six, seven six weeks later. Eight, yeah. And it, cause he texted me, he's like, I'm going to be in Sydney. Let's do something. Yeah. He's like, let's get a crew together. I was like, absolutely. Yeah. And then, Went and did a pretty hectic chest session. Yeah, it was fucking class. That was outstanding. That was, that was unreal. So, we, yeah. yeah. So, he, he just came down. We trained. Went for beers and tacos after, which was Yeah. Fantastic. And we ended up sitting there, like, I mean. Sat there for, like, three or four hours. So, my, like, one of my two golden rules during the week is make sure you're in bed before 9 o'clock, but you're home before 8.30. So, you make sure you're in bed before 9 o'clock. The second one is don't drink. You broke both of them. I broke both of them. And fuck, I'm glad. Because there was like some of the stuff that he, obviously he taught us a lot of great stuff, seminars. Sitting next to him having a beer is where you learn the oh, good stuff. That's what the golden nuggets are. Yeah, the golden nuggets. And like from a, I mean, just fr- from a personal development standpoint, awesome to sit there just talking to someone who's like fucking been through it, like has yeah. experienced life, has lived all over the world, has taught all over the world. Um, A lot of him, his life is self-taught, has Really, I, f- I find good opinions on stuff, like opinions and values that I can kind of like connect with. I yeah. don't agree with everything that he says, but I can like, I can understand it. I can connect with it. Um, so sitting there sharing a beer with someone like that is like, and a meal, like how good? Yeah, it was class. Mm. And then we obviously got to spend time with him again when he came down for the GSD day that Matt Peacock put on. Yeah. Which was, who's, our, who's our mentor. And obviously Luke is Matt's mentor. Yeah. So he so came like, in. Gave us a, it was supposed to be a two hour talk on yeah, he, stress. He talked for four hours. Four hours and, and then polished off two bottles of wine <laughs> in the space of 45 minutes. What yeah, a, on an empty stomach. Yeah. Yeah, because he doesn't eat when he presents. Bro, were you there when he ate the burger at the restaurant or had you gone already? No, no. Oh. See, because after the restaurant, we, I went to the pub. Oh, yeah, Luke you were still there. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. my God. That was so funny. It was so funny because I can't remember. Did he eat the burger and then lick my face? I did lick my face. Because I was he ate the burger and then like, licked your face. Yeah, but then he had like the. Bottom bit yeah, of bread got on soggy. Had, was like soggy and was like flapping, and he was trying to catch it in his mouth. And he just kept missing. Oh, I laughed so hard, my abs started cramping. It was so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, but like, I can't remember where I was going. We just started talking about it. Oh, yeah, but yeah, like it, it was really cool. <laughs> it was really cool to like get to meet someone who's like at the top level of our industry and just really connect with them and be able to learn so much, but not like in the educational setting. Yes, when we did the seminar, but also outside of that as well. Mm. And, like, I've probably picked up so much more outside of that, like you were saying, when we had the few beers. And a lot of what he said has changed the way I think and the way I look at yeah. things for, for the better. Yeah, 100%. Which has made, has made me go on this developmental journey as a coach over the last year in particular. Like, every year you get better. Yeah. But I feel like 2022 I got significantly better as a coach. Yeah. I feel like I actively, like, went out to get better this year. I feel like in the past, um, sort of like, I, I'm, like, I'm in my third year of coaching. My first two years, I think... Well, first one and a half, I really lent heavily on my university education, which at the time was a bit of like, oh, look at me, like 
universally university educated, like, you know, institution, blah, blah, blah. It was only when I rocked up to Fitness Playground and met people like Matt Walsh, uh, Steve Riley, Matt Duncan, Dave, um, Juan, Robney, like all these people who, well, I mean, Robbie's university educated, but like a lot of people that did not attend a university degree, but are sort of like almost like self-taught as well as doing heaps of courses. Yeah. And they're not only they're better teachers, but they know more and they understand more and they're able to drift away from these like university pathways. So definitely like in the last year and a half, the intent to develop has increased so much more. Oh, absolutely. And we're lucky enough to be surrounded by people that are there that not only know a lot, can teach it, but are like willing and keen to teach you at the same yeah. time. And have that wealth of experience. Yeah. I think as well, like you only got your university degree there four days ago, four or five days ago. Well, Maybe. technically I haven't got it yet. You I haven't gotten it yet, it yet. but yeah, you, yeah it's, it's finished and you're going to get it. Yeah. Up until now, how many people have asked how qualified you are when, uh, when hiring you as a coach? None. Exactly. Well, not when hiring, like afterwards they might ask like, yeah. what do you do? And I would talk to them about uni, but no one like... An exercise and sports science degree and, you know, sorry to bring anyone down, but it's it's worth it's not worth more than a cert for. No. I, it's it's a very expensive, very long cert for. Yeah. Case. It's a piece of paper that makes you insurable. Yeah. Like what you where you really learn is what you've done the last three years, which is being on the gym floor yeah. teaching, making mistakes. Yeah. Like that happen it, it happens. We've all done it as coaches. That's where you really learn. Yeah. And now all right, it's great to have the degree. It's a few letters after your name. And, and the irony is as well is that so I had to wait like 12, well, I had to wait until the next semester to the second semester this year to go, have another go at a subject. So obviously like I, I failed a subject this time last year. So I had to wait all the way till the end of this year. Um, the subject I chose to do was a business subject. So it's, it contributed nothing to my actual knowledge of my craft. It was just how to run a business. Yeah. Guess what? You already run a business. I already do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think... Like the irony is, is that I had to wait to get the degree, but I'd already done all the learning for the degree that I was ever going to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I just, it's a bit of paper. It, yeah. you know, it, it opens doors. Like if you wanted to go and say, do like somehow get SNC, into strength. Yeah. yeah. SNC at a, an like, NRL club, an AFL like high club. performance. Yeah. Yeah. That's when the degree is necessary because they're not going to even look at someone who doesn't. Yeah. Someone who's like, oh, I've, I've done 10 years of personal training. Yeah. The irony being that someone like a like a Matt Duncan, for instance, yeah, or Matt Walsh, yeah, would probably be a better SNC coach than someone who's just finished a degree. Hundred percent, not probably, actually, absolutely. Definitely. Matt Duncan has taught has teachers at universities. Does he? Yeah, he has taught at uh, I think ACPE, uh, right. which is like a physical education yeah. place. But like, I yeah, I would hundred percent rate him over literally any of the professors that I ever had. Maybe he doesn't have as good an anatomy knowledge as someone who cuts up bodies for a living, or as good a like neuroscience knowledge as a brain like someone that does neuroscience but in terms of like all the physio like exercise physiology and exercise science aspects fuck them yeah and also how to teach it as well yeah i had a guy who taught me muscle mechanics in the skinniest arms and a pot belly <laughs> like sorry bro but like i don't know if you really know that much about muscle mechanics but like, i definitely don't practice it yeah but like once again like you can know all the theory in the world but if you can't practice it and that's i've actually found that really handy with who i chose for a physio and Pat in the running room, uh, Pat and Harry. I'm going to see him next week. You should. Yeah. He's running a mad ultra. He's doing um, the Kosciuszko Trail right yeah, now. Which is mad. Um, but like, it was quite interesting, quite fascinating to see the differences between myself and himself. Because obviously, and like you said, anatomy-wise, he's going to know so much more 
which and obviously he knows it in a practical sense, especially for runners running or working out of a place called the running room and mm. being a being an ultra runner. But it was really fascinating because he's like, oh, do you know, that, like we were able to have conversations, and while I might not have the in-depth knowledge of anatomy that he has, it's a very similar way of thinking that we have the mm. experience and the and the knowledge that I have is almost entirely no, it is entirely practical. Yeah. I've done my cert three and my cert four, and I'm not technically I'm not qualified beyond that. Yeah, but I know for a fact. And I'm a better coach than someone who's just finished their cert three and cert four because I have five years of experience. Yeah, and you're also probably a better coach than a lot of people that have, you know, even a couple of years out of a university degree because yeah. they don't actually teach you how to coach. No, you you teach yourself as a coach. Yeah, and if you're lucky, you surround yourself or get or are lucky enough to be in an environment where you are surrounded by really good coaches who will teach you how to coach as well, yeah. which is definitely the big benefit of being a fitness playground because we are surrounded by great people. Great people. And I think that's, I mean, obviously we're talking specifically in terms of as coaches, as, you know, strength and fitness and variety coaches because... Performance coaches. That's what we do. Um, but I think it kind of, it correlates to pretty much, I mean, any industry. So Oh, like, yeah. Like, and any aspect of life yeah, as well. And the amount of people that will um, come out of a university degree thinking that they're like top shit in any industry because I've just, you know, I've just gone to Sydney or I've just gone to Melbourne, like a high quality university. It's like, nah. You've got to learn, bro. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to like shine some shoes before you can start doing whatever job you do. Engineering. Yay. <laughs> but yeah. I thought that was a really good analogy that was going to go, go It was somewhere. going somewhere and I lost it. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I start talking and I don't know where, yeah. I, where it's going and I just hope I find it along the way. <laughs> yeah. But like you said earlier, like it just, all it is, that piece of paper is more expensive than this piece of paper. Yeah. They bought me and we can be insured and that's it. Yeah. yeah. What else about your year, Andy? Um, so with that, obviously... And I st- we started that tangent by me going on about how I've had a shift in training, not just myself, but like how I train clients. I've gone down the training clients route and the coaching route. Um, I've gone from being real kind of like, oh, this is how this muscle works and like being trying to like, what's the best way of saying it? Trying to be like optimal in terms of building muscle. Like mm. that was my, my shtick. Mm. That's the way I wanted to go. It's how I liked training. So that's the way I thought everyone had to be coached. They're setting up the lat pull down on yeah. with the bench and the like two groups. I still like it's still the best exercise. It is, but it's just a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd set it up I'll set it up when I train mm. at ten thirty AM when there's two other people in the gym, but I'd never use it for a client. No. So the way I coach clients or the way yeah, the way I coach clients has changed in that way because of learning from Luke and just having more experience on the job and going through different life experiences. Mm. That's a weird way of saying it. It is, but go on. Well, yeah, and I, like I got the opportunity to teach in fitness playground as well, and um, yeah. through running develops, running developments, not just in Surrey, I've run it in Markville as well, yeah. which afforded me the opportunity to just get better at teaching mm. and get better at teaching people who already know stuff. Yeah, because it's always daunting teaching your peers. Yeah, especially yes. people who are more experienced than you. And someone at the back puts their hands up. Uh, actually, that's wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, like my training's changed massively since the start of the year. Uh, because of that, like I always wanted, to, my whole thing was, oh, I might like to try bodybuilding. That was something I was like, would I ever like to try that? That's the style of training I enjoyed. So I was like, mm, kind of. And I was like tossing up at doing something mad at one point because my training had got quite stale. I wanted to push myself. I'd done a photo shoot a few years before. It's been, what, what are we now? We're about to go in 2023. So I did a photo shoot two years ago where I got quite lean for it. Look good. It was a fun experience. It was a cool learning experience. I was toying with the idea of doing something like that again, but it was a challenge that was going to be hard, but it didn't scare me at all. So I was like, I was losing, falling out of love with it, with that style of training. So I decided 
I'll copy Robbie and sign myself up for the half Ironman in Cairns in June 2023. Doesn't have an original thought in his head. No, absolutely not. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's where I'm going now. So that has led me down the path of a lot of learning about obviously building aerobic capacity, cardiovascular stuff, but also how to program and train for strength in conjunction with endurance training, Yeah, which is harder than you think. Mm, but yeah. it's also more enjoyable than you think. Yeah, providing you have the energy to do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and managing that energy and managing fueling and yeah, just everything that goes in line with change, like completely changing your style of training and becoming a beginner again. Mm. Like I have to get swim coaching. Um, we'll see how, seeing Pat, Pat's going to help me fix some stuff with how I run because I'm still injured. Yep. Uh, I did some gait analysis with MD uh, and kind of fixed how I fixed how I run already a little bit because I ran like a fridge. Um, yeah. Learning how to cycle and then learning everything that comes with that, like yeah, kinda, how to how to like fuel on the bike. Like it's not just I, I need to change a tire on a bike. That's a kind of a job I hate. Yeah, it is. It's tough, but uh, the irony is that the more the more you do, the better you get. Yeah, you want to do like you don't want to do more because you don't want to have to do it. But the like you're not going to get your. It takes a very special person to sit there changing a tire constantly when they don't need to. Yeah. That's um, what my dad suggested to me, and I was like, eh, you got to yeah. love cycling if you, if you do not I would say, I love cycling. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, I don't love cycling. Yeah. It's probably my least favorite out of three. It just takes so long. Yeah. That's, yeah. And it's also, I mean, from like, like we live in Sydney, which is not a cycle friendly city. No, it's not a driver friendly city either. It's, it's not a commuting friendly city no. <laughs> at all, but like, specifically, like for riding, it is a tough place to ride. Like geographically, yeah. Um, there's you know lots of around kind of like where we live. There's lots of hills, lots of potholes, lots of. Po- well, I mean, I'm just talk- not going to talk about the road features themselves, just the land features. There's yeah. hills. There's not a lot of like flat, straight space that you can ride on. Roads are quite narrow then in you, a lot of places. Well, well, then you take into fact that yeah, the roads are not great. Um, and then on top of that, the the drivers are a bunch of cunts. Yeah. <laughs> so and the other cyclists are a bunch of cunts as well. Yeah. As so we've discussed on that. Yeah. Previous so episodes. when you put it all together, it's kind of like it is a tough place to ride in. Um, I That's know why that I like going down to Cornell. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Cornell's better. Just but then again, Cornell, if you're driving down there, it takes an hour to get back. Yeah. So what is a three hour cycle turns into like a five six five, hour yeah, round six trip. Eight, yeah. Um. Yeah, so like I've done a couple of rides with my dad in Singapore and much more straightforward. It's it's I mean it's we leave early in the morning so that we can miss the traffic on the way out. We have to come back through the city so we get the traffic on the way back, but on the way out and then you pretty much you go onto this it's like a cycleway that goes for like 40 kilometers almost. It's pretty sweet. Or like 20 each way. You stop have a nice coffee in the middle like a little chat like it's a and it's you know, it's like a four lane motorway on each side, so four going in either, either direction. But then there's two cycle lanes on each side. Yeah, and they they're there for cycling. There's like a strip in the middle so that people aren't going across. It's like it's a lot more purpose built, and it's also like you're not having to worry. There's like almost no hills around yeah. that area, so you don't have to worry about like having to punch up hills. I mean, I'm better at hills than Dad, but because he does most of his practice on the flat, he's way fitter than I am and better on the flat. But I can get up a hill. Yeah, I mean, it also helps that I do strength training. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it is a. I think you've mentioned before your dad leg presses, and that's it. Yeah, pretty much. Um, he was like, "How can I set up a leg press with a resistance band?" I was like, uh, "You can't." <laughs> I mean, you can. You can, but it's not like, as in just a resistance band. Yeah. Oh right. Not put a resistance band. Oh, I thought you meant like just resistance band the leg press. No, just like as in 
you he only uses a resistance band. I'm like, yeah, yeah you could do some sort of like knee and hip extension, but it's not really going to do anything. Just lift weights, Mr. McDonald. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it is. It's a lot more fun riding out there, um, as opposed to Ian. Ian McDonald. That's it, isn't it? That's his name. Calling it your dad. I don't know if he listens. I don't think he would. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty huge for you to have like made that jump from a traditionally uh, one explosive effort sport in powerlifting yeah. to continuous long efforts to be someone that's never really swam yeah. before and is now swimming what twice a week. Twice, uh, not recently. Yeah, but like my hips, but um, and then get back to it. Someone who's like not a runner, running, not not really a cyclist, cycling now. I mean, you can tell like physically, like you, um, Kira put up a photo on her story the other day of you walking shirtless. Was it down south or up north? Uh, up north, I went to Palm Beach. Palm Beach, yeah, walking short shirtless, and you kind of like on the half turn. I was like, fucking hell, Andy's leaner than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Kira's getting better at her angles. It was a good angle, <laughs> shit. Like, and the lighting was really good. Yeah, I mean, but you still, you still are. Oh, like, I'm de- I'm de- I've definitely leaned out. Even with that, like, I mean, we took a picture. Um, when we went for that morning swim in October, like halfway through October, yeah, around there, or like early October, um, and I was probably like at my like physical peak then, um, and then so like I was probably looking a little bit leaner than you, and then you've leaned out like heaps since then, yeah, and, it, and I've gotten fatter. I haven't tried to; it's just been a byproduct of yeah. eating better and training more eating for performance exactly That's fuel in the car if, yeah fuck someone yeah. listens I, how good yeah I, I, mean, sit, I, I sit across from you but i don't listen <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it's, that'd, that'd be a fantastic podcast yeah i never heard anything you said because i was just <laughs> daydreaming monkey fucking clapping in between ears <laughs> i mean to be fair I, th- I feel like a lot of people do that when they listen to me especially my clients yeah That's fair um enough. but yeah like it's a uh, um when it's amazing that when you're when you like you train hard like within your capabilities but you train you push yourself and then you eat to fuel the performance like what the changes that your body goes through you tend to your body tends to eventually start to sit at if you just keep at it sit at where it wants to sit yeah. in terms of your like best performance in terms of like muscle mass in terms of like fat mass in terms of like um body weight percentage all that kind of stuff yeah my arms look bigger but they're smaller because they're leaner but they look a bit bigger, which is nice. They look good, and they get they continue to get more tan because I spend more time outdoors. Yeah. But I put on um, I put on my blues jumper the other day. Tight. No, the opposite. Fucking loose, and it was not that it was really tight because I sized up. Um, when it was actually my man bought it for me uh-huh. down in Melbourne. It was lovely. Uh, but yeah, I put it on the other day, and I was like, oh shit! I was like, this like it's fucking massive. It looks like it's too big for me, and I was like, that's a shame, but also it means I'm because I don't. L- at least I don't think I look smaller, but I definitely am smaller. Nah, yeah, cleaner. It's oh, like no, it's I know nice. I know when I'm getting lean because I stopped fitting into the my size 34 budgies. They become too loose. Yeah, and I only I only fit into the 32s. That's how I know when I'm I'm lean. <laughs> and I know when I'm getting thicker again because I start fitting into the 34s <laughs> and the 32s are a bit tight. It's funny you bring that up. I went to wear a pair of, a pair of the first budgies that I bought. Yeah, and as I put them on, and I was like, these are tiny. They're like size 30, and I was like, how fucking small was I when I moved here? Is that when you moved out? Yeah, when we first oh. moved out here. I was, well, I was, because I wasn't long off. I had taken a decent amount of time out off training before and I was just getting back in the training because I'd had the car crash. In yeah. The f- so I moved here in September, the February before that, in 2019, I got crashed into on the motorway. So I just had to take a long time off training and I think I got down to like 67 kilos. Jesus. I was a small boy. 
You just there's, there's just nothing on you. Yeah. See, my issue is when I can't train, I still like to eat. I still have an appetite to eat, so I never get small because I'm just eating. Yeah. I didn't have an appetite, and I was just, I was just a smaller individual as well. Like, because the training I'd done, I'd been a quite been out of powerlifting for quite a while, and had done I'd been kickboxing as well. So Ooh. I always stayed around that like low seventies mark. Um, because I want when I fought to but fight I, someone, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But to fight someone who is, which I never got to do, to fight someone who's kind of 71, 72 kilos, you're fighting some country who's very long, yeah, like very, very long. So for me to be like to have a decent fight, I would have had to cut down to like 65, 64 kilos to be quicker than him, not even to be quicker, just to fight Aussie. someone my size, oh, okay. Um, which I was doing, and inevitably I like injured my foot. So never, never happened. Oh, I know. Poor Andy. It's a shame. Yeah, but yeah. Um, other than that, what happened to you? Ran the sixty k. That was fun. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of it was like it wasn't fun at the time, but <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad we did it. It was. Uh, I think it was like. I mean, we've obviously we've spoken about this before, but to do it off like no training. Yeah. Essentially, we, that less was, than a month's notice. It was purely mental. Oh yeah, there was nothing physical about that. Uh, but we knew that going in. Yeah. Like we knew we were about significantly underprepared. Uh. Like there was the joke when we were all in the group in Centennial before we started. Like, oh, so everyone's ultra runners. Your yeah. mindset, and I was like, no, nah, I've two months experience. <laughs> I've been running for two months. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty inexperienced. You're like, no, I've been running as in was not running before at yeah. all. <laughs> like the last time I run would have been about four years ago, and was in the army, which I was never a good runner in the army either. Yeah, I I just hate I hated it. Yeah, but I don't mind it now. Yeah, when you get into when you learn how to do it a bit better. Yeah, but even like outside of training this year as well, I've done some like personal things that I'm that I enjoyed quite a lot. Mm. Myself and Kira have obviously we start like we massively, massively, massively cut back in the amount we drink. Mm. That kind of stemmed from the fact I got to I finally got to go home for a, a holiday after being stuck here for two and a half years mm. due to all the COVID lockdowns. So that was nice. But yeah, once I came back from that, we're like, we don't enjoy it anymore. Yeah. I, I was on the piss so much back home. Yeah, so much so I made myself like. I obviously damaged my immune system because I was then sick when I came home. Yeah. When I yeah. came back to Australia. You, your body just goes into this like super stressed state. Yeah. kind of where I'm at at the moment. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's also funny because, I mean, you used to trash me for having my whoop. Yeah. Um, but it's funny. That and the Garmin. And the Garmin. And now I wear about the whoop and the Garmin. Yeah. In fact, I was doing a, a scroll through some of my content recently and I found, remember the post that I did about like, don't don't wear Apple Watches, wear Garmin's. Yeah. Yeah, and you were trashing me for wearing a Garmin. Then. Yeah, it probably and was. And it was weeks, like within like less than two months later, you had bought it, you had bought a Garmin. Yeah, well, because I, I was, I thought the Whoop would be enough. Like this, I this is how little I knew about like trackables and like wearables, whatever, the, yeah. whatever um, terminology you want to use. Like this is how little I knew, but I thought the Whoop would do everything for me. It just didn't have a screen. Yeah. Nah. nah. Like Whoop is a lifestyle tracker. Yeah. Garmin's the activity tracker. It is. It's yeah. They they actually have different functions. And it's like I don't see, and this is because like training has moved this way obviously over the past few decades. I don't see how I do the training without having the Garmin. Yeah. Oh no, you would like you wouldn't be able to like you can like it's like you, you absolutely can because yeah. people people have had done it for decades. Yeah. Like they they've and only been around a few years. Yeah. I mean, you could absolutely go. At, well, I mean, like for the it they've been around for. Probably, Probably two, almost 20 years. Yeah, 20 years, two decades. But the people up until about 10 years ago, um, or actually probably even five probably years ago. Probably even less. Like the, you, see them on peop- you see them on people way more. Yeah, probably up until about five years ago, the only people that would wear them would be the... Like athletes. Like triathletes and... And runners. Like and runners and 
like not even like athletes, like because they have someone else to track data for them, just like people that train on their own, yeah, but train to a high level. Nowadays, it's common. Any, any sort of trainee will have yeah. some sort of fitness watch. I mean, even people who don't train will have some sort of fitness watch yeah, or fitness track, like an Apple, but even like an Apple Watch, yeah, like as a minimum. Um, I, I don't like Apple Watch. Yeah. I've never used one, but I don't like the idea of they're it. They're really good for someone, they're entry level, really good for like someone that just wants to, you know, track their steps, track how much they're moving in a day. Like if yeah. you're someone that doesn't move a lot in a day, it's really useful to show you how little you move. Yeah. If you're someone like us, so like, um, so Apple Watches have like, you have like three rings. Yeah. You have your uh, move ring, you have your exercise ring and you have your standing ring. So your move ring is just how much you move throughout a day. Um, your exercise ring is your minutes of exercise but also it counts all exercise the same. So yoga, it counts the same as like running. Yeah. Which is silly because- That is very silly. If Different. I go for a run, that's putting like four or five times the strain on my body than doing yoga is. Yeah. Massive impact. Like- Yeah. Like- Different. Like your heart so rate's going up yeah. so much more. Like I mean, it's, it's a completely different exertion yeah. on your body. But for someone who is entry level, they're, it's like they're just starting their fitness yeah. journey. Really good because yeah, you, you don't you don't need to differentiate between them. Yeah, exactly. And to be honest, you're probably not going getting yourself to a point where you're pushing so hard that you need to consider a difference between how much you're pushing. Yeah, it's more just time that you're actually exercising in a week, which is great. Especially because a lot of, um, I mean, obviously people don't get these prescriptions, but like from like sports science and exercise science, like ESSA, which is the Exercise and Sports Science Australia, um, they say you know it's something like minimum 150 minutes of exercise a week. Of like specific exercise, so half a training session. So if you have one of those watches, it's really easy to track how yeah. much. And then, but then the third one is your standing hours, and it ever like the max standing hours you can put it on. So the max goal because you set your own goal. The max goal for standing hours is twelve hours, and I would hit that every day at like four pm. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, so you've used an Apple Watch? Before. I've used an Apple Watch yeah. before, and I've used it whilst I was working at. FP. So you think about it, like I get up, I'd get up before 5 a.m. So I've, so your standing hour, you have to stand for one minute in each hour. So I would st- get up at before 5 a.m. So during the 4 a.m. period. So I'd get, that'd, be, that'd count as the standing hour. Then the 5 a.m. period, then the 6, and then the 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4. That's 13 hours and it's 4 p.m. Yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's it, for someone like, us who is a, in quite a like movement heavy job anyway, and then exercise a lot on top of that doesn't mean much, make much of a difference. But for Mary from accounting, that's just getting into the gym for the first time, really good. Yeah, well, I, I've had a few clients that have gotten to get whoops, mm. to like track sleep, and just track overall like recovery and activity because it, like they need it, mm. and it's been massive because it's just like having that visual aid makes a huge difference. Yeah, like I, I found it's made I. Cannot, I won't go back to not using the whoop unless it becomes shit. Yeah, it's having that biometric feedback. Um, yeah, it, it, it makes you just talk and how vi- how visual it is. Like my yeah. favorite thing about whoop is how shows you the. Yeah, yeah, I like that. But also, it, their app is fantastic. Like, yeah. you're paying the subscription. You're not paying for the hardware, and that's yeah. why they give you the hardware for free. Yeah. You're paying for the the, the app and yeah. the software to use that. I will say, since the iOS update. It's it hasn't be. been as good. It logs me out quite well, often. It probably, doesn't update yeah. as quickly. I'll probably release a new update. Yeah, they should. Um, I'd send them an email from the Better Blogs email address. With that in mind, um, I was so I was talking to one of my clients, Kyle, this morning, who also has a Whoop. He's a marathon runner, or does you know has run a marathon, and he's looking. That's to a marathon runner. He's looking to do three marathons next year, which I think is fucking incredible. That's class. Yeah, so three at Gold Coast, Sydney, and Melbourne. Sydney and Melbourne are like four weeks between them. Oh shit! It'd be sick if he nails it. 
Um, which I think he will. He's also like super committed. Three like fucking class cities to do marathons in. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Especially um, Melbourne's quite flat. Yeah, <laughs> we were so we were talking about um kind of like whoop stuff this morning because I was saying like so recently, um my body has definitely been quite a stressed state. Um, and I'm like I'm feeling it like I have no energy, like super fatigue, struggling to train, struggling to sleep properly. Um, and I know exactly like I've done it to myself. It's self inflicted. Traveling, alcohol, um, lack of sleep. Um, not training enough, all that kind of stuff. But it's funny that my whoop is still saying I'm like green recovered, even though I'm like super fatigued and feeling fatigued. And if you look at my data, I'm still sitting in in within the range that is considered like the green range. So if like resting heart rate, HRV, respiratory rate, and kind of your three main ones that I like to use to like monitor, that's how I know if I'm good. I'm yeah. Like if they're good, I'm good. If they're bad, they're bad. The, the funny thing is though, is that I'm at like the bottom end of all of those ranges. My respiratory rate is quite high at the moment, sitting somewhere around 13 and 14. Usually it's below 12 and you want it to be lower. Yeah. Um, my resting heart rate is like high 50s, low 60s. In At the end of Oct- uh, middle of October, it was in mid 40s, like uh, 46. Yeah, I remember that. That was fucking hectic. Yeah. And then it even, it went down there in November as well. And then my HRV, which is usually sitting up around 80, 90, maybe high 70s is like down in like the 60s regularly and because of that whoops like oh you're in range you're fine but actually if you look at the data compared to what it was recently i'm actually in a bit of a bit of a state at the moment (laughs) (laughs) a bit of a sympathy so very like stress state so we can tell that so back off on the training a little bit yeah but like and it's one thing like just seeing it and doing what it tells you because you could you can go as basic as just like, oh, Whoop says you should train this hard today. Mm. And you can't. And for most people, that's great. But being able to do what you do and look at the data and be like, just know where you always are. And like, mm. all right, well, it's saying green, but I know it's, yeah, it's, it's less the green. Than, green. Yeah. yeah, it's not a, it's not as green as like a, a good green, yeah, which is you, like. Because you know, you know where your metrics should be and you know where they currently are and you can yeah. see where they currently are. And like, oh, yeah, this is why I'm feeling this way. Also, just to prove how shit Whoop is on iOS recently. Today is the 16th. The data is caught up to the 14th of the 12th at 2.17 p.m. Yeah, struggling a little bit. Yeah, it, it's struggling a lot. Have you updated? Have you had like, there's like a firmware update for the Whoop. Oh, maybe I need to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll have a look at that when I'm home because the Wi-Fi here is shot, or the 4G yeah. here is shot, so I'm not going to yeah. do it now. Um, on a side note though, you used to trash me all the time for having a Whoop and a Garmin and now yeah. you're fully, fully involved. So I'll, it's... I'll put my hand up. I was, uh, I was wrong and... It's very hypocritical behavior, but no, look, it's, we it's grow good, and we move it's on. It's good to see your development that you've yeah. been able, because you think like so many people will put their walls down and go, no, I think you're dumb for wearing, I call it the um, infinity gauntlet of exercise trackers. I did think you were dumb. <laughs> yeah. And I still do. I, yeah, <laughs> I still do, but one of us. One of us. One part of the of ship. Us. Part of the crew. Part of the ship. <laughs> part of the crew. <laughs> um, one but of us. <laughs> but that's, it. that's how we're talking about growing as people yeah. during the year. And that's one thing that... Uh, I did. And I it, put some beliefs behind me, yeah, and and grew and became a better person. Yeah, and I mean it's it's for us as well because we've both, especially this year. But I mean, I know that I have over the last few years gradually um, decreased my alcohol intake in general. Like yeah. obviously, I've had a big couple of weeks, but often I will go three, four weeks without even. Yeah, but that's it. a small percentage of your year. Yeah, and it's the time of year it yeah. is. Like again, I did f- almost four months. Yeah, in a row. Um, was that 105 days? Yeah. Um, and But it's interesting that most people, when they get a whoop for the first time and they see the way that, like they see in numbers 
the way that their body reacts to regular alcohol consumption. Even just once off alcohol. Yeah. Like you have a glass of red wine with dinner, which I did the other night. Nice. Uh, yeah, my sleep was nowhere near as good. Yeah. Red wine is particularly bad. Yeah. Like, it's pretty heavy. It, yeah. But it's it will, delicious though. Yeah. Um, it's when you when you can start to put numbers in front of people, they start actually. I think I think they start to feel things a bit more. It's a bit more of like a placebo. Like they feel. I'm like, oh no, I feel okay. It's like, how's your sleep? Oh yeah, it was great. It was fine. You show them what their sleep is actually like, and they go, oh, it's really not that good. Yeah. <laughs> and then once you start putting those numbers in front of people, and then they can actually start making changes because they see the data and they're able to like, oh, I've got this data this thing is down, what's causing that, right? What do I need to change to improve that to make myself feel better? Then they start to feel better, but they don't actually like notice it straight away. They just, it, they kind of feel like the same, but then you like, you go, oh, if you'd gone back to the way you were living before, it's like, you know, they might go out for a big night one, once or twice and then they wake up the next morning, like, fuck, I feel horrible. It's like, that's what they used to feel like all the time. But it's like, I've described it before. It's like you're falling from higher. So yeah. the impact is more. Yeah, well, what, one of my success stories as a coach this year has been my client Dave, Can who, be. yeah, um, who, like, there's no way putting like he's he's a lawyer, like works fucking ridiculous hours, so getting him to just prioritize his sleep a little bit more, look after himself a bit more, like realistically, whether he comes in and he like has a great day of deadlifts or he's a shit day of deadlifts doesn't really matter. Is he looking after himself health-wise and is he moving in the right direction? That's the main thing. And the easiest way of doing that, not even the easiest way, but the best way for him to do that was to be able to show him, like put, put it in front of him, like this is what this is doing to you. This is what the difference it makes. Going back to the point you just made, when you can see that, you feel it more. Like he's more aware of his sleep. If you're more aware of your sleep, you're going to be, you're going to do it better. Yeah. Like a, awareness breeds competency. Yeah. And, and then, it's great. As you said, like I'm a bit more... I'm, I can start to read data a little bit better. I didn't know how to read that data, no. you know, two years ago when I first got the thing. But the more you do it, the better you, you learn how to do it a lot more. So yeah. I can I can tell, you know, I woke up this morning, I had something like eight and a quarter hours, hours of sleep. And you think, ah, oh, well done. Like that's a really good amount of sleep. But I also know that I would spend over nine hours in bed. Yeah. And that's where that's the lying issue yeah, is. The, it's the efficiency of your sleep. Exactly. Do you want to know a funny thing about Dave? Always. Do, do you want to know what he calls himself? What? He's a bicep specialist. <laughs> so am I. Because he just loves training biceps. He's a guy. Yeah. Exactly. Don't we all? He's a man's man. Cool bench presser as well. So well, it's because he's got those short limbs. Yeah. <laughs> Big barrel chest and yeah. short limbs. He's a massive rib cage. Purpose built for it. He should be doing powerlifting. Yeah. Hates deadlifts though. But yeah, yeah, fucking loves training upper body and particularly biceps. He's a bicep specialist. So he's a guy. Yeah. He's, <laughs> a, he's a real bloke's bloke. Bloke's bloke. Yeah. Um... A few other things I got to do this year that I was quite happy about. Yeah. I got to see the Mighty Blues in the MCG, Tom Richmond in round one. That would be like, I mean... That was fucking sick. Yeah, I mean, watching. I think watching any sport at the MCG, I think if you like understand the history of it, it is a momentous occasion. Yeah. But not only that, because obviously you are an AFL fan, but you're not a traditional AFL fan in the no. fact that you are not Australian. <laughs> Earth to Andy. I'm not. <laughs> you're not. You weren't born here. Fucking trying. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, obviously, you're someone that grew up in a different country. You learned about the sport, began to, like, appreciate it, despite being on the other side of the world. Yeah. And then to be able to come out here and watch your sort of, like, adopted team thump their biggest rivals. Yeah. In round one, they hadn't done in, like, nine years as yeah. well. I think it was a nine-year losing streak. I'll tell you what, I, I mean, obviously, this one's made the grand final, but I got into AFL a lot more this year than I have in previous years. I think it's just something to talk about too. Talk about it too. 
my housemate. All right. Well, <laughs> no, but we People were, in Sydney don't like AFL, which fucks me off because I've no one to talk to about yeah. AFL. Well, I mean, I grew up playing it because my dad's from Adelaide. My brother plays it. Oh, yeah, fair. Yeah, so I like, I still have, and like, you know, I've lost. Well, like, you're an outlier. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, that's just because I just enjoy sport. Yeah. I got really ticked you off. You grew up playing most sports. Yeah. You I play got, cricket? Yeah, cricket. You play NRL, like rugby league? I never played rugby league. Did you not? Never actually played it, but watched it because yeah. it was always on TV. Yeah, you played rugby union. Played rugby union, played, played AFL, played football, cricket, uh, t-ball, softball, road. When you say, what the fuck's t-ball? It's like the most basic version of baseball. So oh, right. I, t- of, I genuinely thought you were going to say tennis. No, you don't have a pitcher. Just, you yeah. have like a stick with a ball on top. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You just hit it off. Yeah, I've seen that. It's for like, I think, well, we were like eight. I was going to say, it's like yeah. really young kids. But um, tennis, tennis. Uh, Played a couple of social hockey tournaments, like field hockey. Like, I just got around it. Had yeah. a crack. What was your best sport? Like, what were you best at, objectively? Not which, not which one do you enjoy the most? Which one were you best at? Yeah, I don't think I was good at any of them. <laughs> no, I mean... That's why you don't play any of them anymore. I was... I think when I played AFL, the fact that I was, at heart, a rugby player was useful to a team because I had that a bit more of I'm just going to go in, I'm going to get the footy, like I'm going to get on the pill and I'm going to get it out. So that was kind of like my role in midfield because I played a bit of midfield was when the when the ball was stuck, I'd just go in, get it, fucking hands off to someone else. Like I was never the most skilled, but it was just because I was just, I'd just fucking head over the ball, like have a crack. You don't look like someone who's skilled at footy. Nah. Like I don't mean that in a bad way, but like, you know, blokes who are just like good at footy. They look like, slick. Yeah. Yeah. Look, you can see the way that they walk, the way that they, you know. Yeah. Like, people who are, like, at that elite level especially. Not even, like, elite, elite level, but people who are just really good at sport. Like you said, they move in such a way, like, they're just built different. All of my benefits to especially ball sports came from not from my my skill, but the fact that I just played with a lot of heart and I would just keep having a crack. I mean, it's also been my downfall because that's how I tore my ACL, but... (laughs) Which is not good for playing sports. No! Um, But, yeah, and then now... Now, but then the issue was that I wasn't quite, I wasn't as, I wasn't fit enough to follow my heart. Yeah. You kind of get that. Like I would play with a lot of heart, but I wasn't fit enough to keep up with it. So I didn't just end up fucked. It's funny because you're probably a hell of a lot fitter now. Now I'm a hell of a lot fitter. So when I actually played a couple of games of rugby this year, um, I actually. Oh, like, you actually went back to playing? I just played two games oh. earlier this year, right after the Ironman. Good idea. Um, but I actually, I mean, I got man of the match in one of them purely because I was, could keep running because you were playing fifths. <laughs> I was playing threes. Oh yeah, I rocked. We had a I, first game I played was fours, and that's because we were low on numbers. And then I rocked up to training that week, expecting to play fours. I got picked in threes. Oh, happy days. Got asked to bench for twos. Didn't get on, but I'm fine. I was <laughs> not. I was not ready for second grade football. Yeah, you didn't want to. <laughs> I was like, I'm good. But yeah, I oh, know. I've, I've really taken the AFL because I I grew up knowing what it was. Yeah, and like knowing about like. Because we have quite a few Irish lads who come over here. Yeah. Not quite a few, but like a handful do come Ty over. Ty Kennelly. Yeah. Ty Kennelly's played for the Swans. Absolute god. He's now not the only Irishman to win win a flag. There's Zach Dewey and Mark O'Connor. Yeah, well, there's a few. Like, eight, pretty much, like, most teams have at least one. No, like, he was the only Irishman to have won a flag. Yeah, but I'm now saying that most teams, oh, most teams will, have, will have, like, one or yeah. have one, like, one in the yeah, last Yeah, I don't think years. there's that. There's none at Carlton at the moment, but Kieran Byrne, Kieran Sheen were there. Zach Dewey yeah. was there. He was drafted there. Yeah. So Tanto Halpin was there for a while. Yeah. yeah, so I became a Carlton fan because my auntie married a bloke from Carlton. Nice. And uh, yeah, you just grow up knowing nothing else. Yeah. You get the gear when you're a kid. Yeah. And when we moved over here, it's kind of like, oh, it's a natural yeah, natural progression. And it was it's a fucking hard progression because it's been shit for so long. It's hard when you pick a team. They turn out to be sucked. 
Yeah. Suck. Sorry, 2023. <laughs> Mate, all of my, actually, all my sports teams are starting to, things are starting to be a bit better, but it's been a tough few years. Man United. Uh, that was a tough grand final for you to watch. Oh, fuck both on. of them. Because the Eels were in the grand final. Oh, as well, yeah. And they got dicked too. Like it was, and it was, it was one of those games where like I thought the refereeing was atrocious, but even if the refereeing even was, the referee was good, was one hundred percent, we still would have gotten beaten. Yeah, and the scoreline d- didn't actually reflect how the game went. Penrith were way more dominant than it than it reflect than it said. But yeah, that was a tough. Like in that week, I had uh, the Swans get dicked, the Wallabies get dicked, the Eels by the, the All Blacks, by the All Blacks. Oh yeah, yeah the, the Wallabies because they they had lost a game by a point. The week before, when so I'd turned it off because I just thought this is get, the refereeing was just I was getting oh that was the one where they lost in the last minute yeah and yeah, then yeah they were up and then they won a penalty on their own five meter line in the and last they gave play. penalty and then he got pinged for not kicking the That's ball where Nick fast White, yeah where Nick White got pinged it was Bernard Foley oh Bernard Foley which all right look if you look in the rule books it's fucking there but when if ever in the last always of rugby. Has anyone ever been pinged for that? Let alone in the last minutes, last minute, whilst up by one point on your own line. Yeah, it's just or whatever points it was. It was just shit refereeing. They got a scrum, got a penalty, uh, pushed over from the scrum, got a try, one. Yeah, um, that was a yeah, it was a very was tough. Yeah, anyway, that. and then the next weekend we got just got thumped. Then uh, Parramatta got done in the grand final, and then United got done in the derby by City six three. So it was a tough. Seven, yeah, eight days. That, that, well, it wasn't your week. Also, I mean, just, just generally, because Parramatta had a f- quite a few tough years. Um, I don't know sp- what you've been. They, they won a few wooden spoons in the in a row, and it turns out they were cheating the salary cap, but were still coming last. <laughs> That's so shit. Um, and then, uh, That's unfortunate. obviously, Man United, since Alex Ferguson left, have just been a bit of a joke. And then on top of that, the Waratahs last few years have been pretty horrible, and the Swans... Swans have been. Swans have been on the up. They've had it. Well, they, they've always since I've supported them. They've always been strong, but yeah. there were a couple of tough years. And then after they lost the 2016 grand final to the Dogs, they were expecting to have a pretty rough period, and it was rough for a while. But then 2020, they. But it wasn't rough. Sorry, like it wasn't 20, bad. 2021, <clears throat> they were expected to finish like bottom four, and they made the eight. Yeah, because they have a really young list. Yeah, and then this year they obviously made the grand final. So there's I reckon there's a couple of good years of footy in them. Yeah, just definitely. need a tall forward. That yeah, like you need to replace Buddy. Yeah, because like, he's one year. They gave him one year extension. He's. I mean, even with a one year extension, he didn't have that much of an impact this season. Nah, I mean, got, like love him, thousand goals, like that's incredible. But also last he's like almost well. forty. Like he's yeah. like he's not having that much of an impact anymore, and we shouldn't be relying on him. And we're not, but we need a tall forward. You think Logan McDonald can't take over? Remains to be seen. Yeah. He, uh, needs, like, he probably needs to put on about five or six kilos a month. Oh, yeah, definitely. He's not a big boy. A skinny boy, yeah. Well, I mean, he's a big boy in terms of he's fucking he's long. Tall. He's tall, but he's there. Uh, I mean, we've had everyone expected Sam Reid to be an amazing goal kicker. And he's... He's kicked a few goals this year. Yeah, but his kicking accuracy is... If you look at his, the amount of set shots that he's missed... Yeah, fair. <laughs> a, like a good... Like a... Um, what the What's that? The guy at um, Tom, uh, Hawkins? Like a Hawkins from Geelong? Yeah. So his kicking was pretty average as well. Jeremy Cameron from Geelong, if he'd got the you, amount of... Sorry, did you say Tom Hawkins' kicking was average this year? Well, it was in the grand final. Yeah, but he was top five. In the, he oh. came third in the Coleman. Oh. Um, well, yeah, like a him, like him or a Jeremy, Jeremy Cameron. You give them the amount of shots that Sam Reid got and they would be a lot... They, they would have a lot more goals than Sam Reid would have. Oh, yeah. yeah. But they, they did have a lot more goals than Sam Reid had. I mean, they probably had the same they amount were, of opportunities. They were two and three in the Coleman. Yeah, there you go. No, I've become a massive... 
I fell enough since I've moved over here. I fucking love it. Yeah, that's good. Me and Kira are going down to Melbourne for round one again. Oh. Because we, we have to go back down to Melbourne to pick up our wedding rings. Because oh. our jewelers in Melbourne. And I was like, we should go down in March on oh, the, for the 16th. We'll go down and watch the, the start of the AFL season. Oh, yeah. would, must be hard. Yeah. <laughs> well, if we have to go down anyway, we might as well line it up. You might as well. With round one. Yeah. Because it's the actual season opener this year. Because oh, last year. Well, it's on Friday. No, it's on Thursday. Oh, see, <laughs> excuse me. Because last year they did a grand final rematch between Melbourne and the Dogs, and it was shit. Yeah, it wasn't a good match, mm. so they scrapped it. Um, well, yeah, I don't, I don't want the Swans to play Geelong first. No. <laughs> <laughs> just if the Swans could not play Geelong, if yeah, no one has to play Geelong, it'd be great. That would be great. Um, I mean, that just kind of draws us on to almost a segue. Um, there is that twenty twenty three is going to be a pretty big year for you again. It is because you're gonna. Stick something in a ring. <laughs> Stick a ring on something. That something is Kira's finger. Yeah. Well, and he's getting married. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, you put the ring on the finger when you propose. So yeah, but like, then you put the yeah the wedding. It's a, it's a it's a following ring. But anyway, yeah, I get married at the end of the year. Should be sweet. Yeah, that's really you know, it's huge. Yeah, I'm really wigging out at the moment. Really what? Well, wigging. So you know what wigging out means? Use it in a sentence. Um, I'm really wigging out because. One of my friends is about to have a kid. Um, two of my friends are getting married next year. Am I might one of them friends? Yes. Yeah. So I've got so my mate Jacko the bunker. Yeah, he's, he's having a kid. He's about to have his kid uh, early next month, so early January. How far along is he? He's not that far. <laughs> um, his partner Caitlin is eight and a bit months, so ready to pop. And then tomorrow, I'm going to an engagement party of one of my best mates' younger sister, which is. And then I've got one of my mates from school getting married in February. You're getting married at the end of the year. When's Jakey getting married? Oh, I don't even know. I haven't even. But I mean, he's older than me, so that's like that doesn't make me wig out. It's more the people that are younger than me. They're I'm not that much younger than you. Yeah, but it's the idea that you're younger than me, and I'm so far away from being anywhere near getting <laughs> getting married. Yeah, but I've also been with the same girl since I was like 16. So, <laughs> like, no, but yep, yeah, like you pe- people. Are, no, people always are like. Oh my god! I can't believe you get married. You're so young and all that. Because I was 23 when I proposed. I was like, yeah, yeah but when I proposed, we'd been together just under seven years. Yeah, like you, like you are young in terms of like if you looked at a scale of how old people are when they get married, you are at the younger end. For nowadays, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not like a hundred years ago. <laughs> no, but even like fucking 10, 20 years ago, people were getting married. Like, yeah, that's a good point. Mid, mid to late twenties. Well, I mean, my parents didn't get married until they were like mid thirties. Ah, oh, see, like Kira's parents got married. When they were early 20s. Mm. My parents got married when they were mid 20s. Yeah. Well, see, like from, I mean, also that's Irish. So that's. Yeah, true. There's the. Bit more of an agricultural. And thing. Catholicism. <laughs> it's not as big in Ireland anymore as you think. Yeah, but I mean. It's just a stereotype that you like. 25 years ago it would have been. Yeah, but it, my parents aren't that religious. Yeah, but I'm not saying they are. I'm saying it would be more common to get married younger because oh, yeah. of the presence of catholicism so even if you weren't a catholic yeah fair 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 it's more normal whereas like from my point of view it's like 30 yeah fair yeah so compared to the way that i i view the plan of my life you are you are younger than you're younger than me but also younger than where i would make that decision and that's nothing against your decision that's just me trying to comprehend other people actually having <laughs> something going for them. <laughs> Wait until someone buys a house and you're like, what? <laughs> oh, bro. No, actually, yeah, I've, I've mates that have like have bought apartments and I'm like, why? Yeah, I, I've clients who are like my age or our age, like t- 
25, 26, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're, uh, we're going to play a house soon. I was like, fuck. Yeah. But also, like, they've been, like, they're from here, and they've been working professionals since, like, early 20s. It's like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Whereas I've been in the country three years, and moved over here with a suitcase and not much more. Yeah. Well, actually, nothing more. Yeah. We just had suitcases. Yeah. I mean, I haven't really been financially in a good position ever. <laughs> it's because you've been at uni Yeah well I'm smarter about my money now But like I'm st- that, I think that's part of the thing that weeds me out as well Is like If you told me now It's like Robbie you have to get married and start a family I'd be like I'm fucked <laughs> So that's where the wigging out comes I think no matter how much money you have though When you're like Oh you gotta get married and have a family You're like Oh fuck Yeah I mean I'd like to have a little bit more than I have now Yeah Like believe it or not I put a lot of thought into Provost Nakira Oh no I And didn't. then since then We put a lot of thought in the wedding Yeah I mean I'm not I'm not saying that you're a just willy-nilly got down on one knee and put a ring on it, like dusted off the old kneecap. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. When we did it, we were really cryptic, like not on purpose, but when we like announced it on social media, I, I think I put like a stupid caption, like, oh, I've got, got some sand on my knee and she had her hand on my chest with this big fake ring on her on her mm. finger. But it wasn't obvious because she has really small hands. <laughs> 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 and because we're like, we're not them kind of people. Yeah. That are like, oh my God, look. Look at my ring. Yeah. yeah. So people are like, um, did he propose? Yeah. And people are like, yeah. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was like, it was like Jake McKay's one who like, all love for Jake, but in the video where it's like, it's like they, that was definitely set up. Yeah. Because it's like him like sets up the video and then like goes and gets down on one knee. It's like, and she's like, oh my God. And they like jump and hug. It's like, oh yeah, you were just like, oh, I'm just going to video us. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have a client who used to fucking love Jake. Who doesn't love Jake? No, but like this man wanted Jake. <laughs> I know which client you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> and <laughs> the gays all over Surrey Hills. Yeah. Oh, they were frothing over a bit of Jake McKay. Yeah, they they all <laughs> cried at once. It was like in um in Star Wars when Alderaan gets exploded and he's like, It's like a, a million souls all cried out at once and then it was silent. <laughs> <laughs> But it's uh, it's his photos of him sunbathing because he always has the, the selfie over the head. Yeah, he knows he knows what he's doing. Oh, he absolutely knows yeah. what he's doing. Um, yeah, that uh, that re- you being very subtle with it reminds me of um, so Jacko when him and his partner got a dog in February, and the way that they announced they kind of announced it, joking that they were pregnant. Like the first picture on their Instagram post was joking that they were pregnant, and then you swipe over and it's a dog. So it was kind of like oh like. Our family's getting bigger, but then it was a dog. <laughs> so it was like, ah, good joke. And then Jacko later on in the year goes, oh, um, he's like, oh, let's hang out. Like, let's train. I was like, oh, yeah, sweet. We're training together. And he goes, oh, um, I got some news. I'm like, okay, cool. And he's like, I'm going to be a dad. I'm like, oh, what? You're going to have another dog? Oh, like something like that. He goes, <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a kid. Caitlin's pregnant. And I was just like, fuck off. <laughs> like, I wasn't even like, I wasn't like, oh, fuck. I was just like, fuck off. And he was like, no, no, it was real. And then I just went, I'm not ready. <laughs> you're not, you're not becoming a dad. It's not your kid. It's not your kid. <laughs> um, so with us getting married, there's obviously a few, uh, quite a few people traveling over from Ireland, mm. including my five best mates from home. And I, so trying to organize, organizing a few stuff for them, like uh, the house that we're going to have the afters, because we get chucked out of the, yeah. out of the farm at like 10 p.m. on the day of the wedding. So I sent in a voice note the other day, like the start of December, uh, just like being like, oh, hey, look, we've booked this, uh, we've booked this Airbnb, there's this amount of beds, so 
because they're going to be my best man and all, and all my groomsmen. We're going to yeah, give the house to them too, as well. Yeah. No. You can have a couch because, like, that's where afters as I've said. It's right. I'll be the MC. I, I can pull your invite. I'll be the MC. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, quick so I sent this like one. Up. I sent this one minute voice note, and then I sent a nine second voice voice note. And Cahill goes, "That's great news. You'll be a hell of a father, Andrew." Taking the piss because he listened to it and then said that, and he's like, "Bro, what, <laughs> mate? You had me scrambling. <laughs> I listened to the thing. Chap, <laughs> champ had me in ropes, though." <laughs> <laughs> I love the Irish slang that's in there. <laughs> like for you, it's just completely normal, and for me, it's like trying to read a Scottish tweet. It's like <laughs> but it was so funny because he he texted me. I was texting him on Instagram at the same time that I sent that into the into the Facebook group, into like the Facebook Messenger group chat. And he goes, "Do you want to see want to see a way to get everyone to listen to your voice note? Because not everyone always listens to voice notes. Yeah. But I love sending voice notes. They're much yeah. easier than texting, especially when it's a long message like that. And then he sent that in. I was like, "You fuck it, that was fucking funny." <laughs> you should say his name was. Cahal. Is that the C-A-T-H-A-L? Yeah, Cahal. How you pronounce it? I thought it was Cathal. Nah, Cahal. Cahal. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. There you go. Irish name of the days. Cahal. <laughs> I didn't see a point that I mean. <laughs> um, we're almost at our, our PB podcast. Yeah, I think an hour and 11 minutes is our best. I think. Should we just keep rattling on for two minutes? Just keep talking about the footy. Just keep talking about the footy. Yeah. Um, well, I guess, I guess the point of this podcast, we've had a tangent or two or three or eight um, but I guess the podcast was, yeah, just to wrap up our year and kind of yeah. actually take a second to look back. Yeah, blow, it's kind of like blow off some steam as well. We haven't chatted too much over the last few weeks because yeah. we've been, we've both been quite busy. And, and I've also been horrible company. Yeah. <laughs> you, you haven't been at, at your fighting fittest. No, I haven't. And I mean, I've got to apologize for that, but it's just, I'm just trying to survive at this point. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> People will talk to me and I'm just like. Yeah. Are you taking time off over Christmas? Um, I think I'm. As of today, I've started to think maybe I might just take... Because, like, I was going to go just public holidays. Yeah. But then in the week between Christmas and New Year, the first two days... The Monday and Tuesday are public holidays anyway. Yeah. So it's like three days. Might as well. Why not? Might as well take it off. Yeah, that's nice. Spend some time at the beach or something. Just yeah. Relax. We should do some stuff together. Well, I mean, we could. When are you going to Ireland? Uh, not Ireland, Melbourne. Um, flying down the 24th and flying back on the 27th. Oh, yeah. Fuck, I... It was, this was in my head earlier. Uh, you're one doing the run tip to toe. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Yeah. She's in Sydney this weekend. Oh, really? Yeah. She put up a thing on her Instagram to go for a run on Sunday morning if you want to go. Sydney S- uh, Park. I'll see you. 7 a.m. <laughs> Might go and say hello. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. She's I, cool. I was like, I was all for it. I was like, oh, that'd be sweet. You'd probably get a, a decent crowd of runners. So she's doing two laps. So it's meeting at CP Homestead. Yeah. Which gives me nightmares. <laughs> from the 60k yeah. but it's meeting at cp homestead it's two laps of just the, the like 3.5k ring yeah. um by the fence and then i think she's doing the bigger like lap including all the park yeah the 9k one mm. and she did three of them yeah yeah and i was like oh, incredible. i was like that'd be cool could do a lap or two at, at Sydney park but then i saw the pace yeah <laughs> 515 i was yeah. like oh i can't run that right now i was not with my knee yesterday i was supposed to do a run that was it was 2K easy and then a 10K at 7.3 pace and then 2K easy. And I was I was flying. Like, I was probably going a little bit too fast. And I burnt out of after about 4.5Ks of the, the 10K. Yeah. Um, which is partly, like, I, obviously, as I said, my body's really not in a good state at the moment. So trying to push myself to run it, my 70.3 pace is probably not a good idea. And I was probably actually running a little bit faster. Than what that. is your 70.3 pace? Well, I'd probably, like, 5.5. 
Yeah. Okay. Would probably be goal if I could. What would that get you finishing the half in? Uh, it's like just under two hours. Yeah. Like with 150 something. Yeah. Because that's what be goal. Because I did the one in at Cairns, I did in 208. Yeah. Because that's what I want to do. Yeah. That was 558 pace. Yeah. Which is like ideally it'd be like I was going for 530, but I just, I wasn't prepared for being. That. Yeah. But I'm now, now a bit more prepared. Yeah. My training's been all over the place in the last three four weeks since well i mean since i hurt my elbow which is still not great and you're back swimming though yeah oh i tell you what that swim i did on wednesday Whew. fun i almost threw up in the pool no. oh don't do that like it that was, would not be good it was um it was like a warm-up and then it was five sets and each set had three reps in it the first two reps of all five sets were 100 meters and then the last rep went up by 100 meters each time so First one was 100, 100, 100. Then it was 112, 113, 114, 115. 15 seconds between each rep, 30 seconds between each set. The last, that 500, with about 130 meters to go or something, just started to feel the bile. Oh, no. Rising at the back of the throat. I was like, imagine, somewhere, imagine being in that pool and you see this chap about to get sick. You're like, oh, no. Because well, also, it was like kids were in the pool doing <laughs> swimming lessons, <laughs> and it's the fucking 26 year old throwing yeah. up. <laughs> um, yeah, so I am back swimming, but. Like since it was since I hurt my elbow, my training's just been. I mean, I was running and cycling pretty well for a while, but then yeah, traveling and running ultras and yeah, realistically, the ultra marathon was not a good idea yeah. in terms of ideal prep for my triathlon. Yeah. Well, I mean, if but you if you I were to plan it. out, uh, if you were to program uh, someone like a triathlon or like an old, a half Ironman like program for nine months you probably wouldn't have an ultra marathon after three no definitely not <laughs> like that's probably not the ideal yeah <laughs> i think yeah you probably wouldn't run for it much longer than a half no well, the, the plan is not to run much longer than a half i was looking up so i'm obviously a few weeks behind in my program which was supposed to end on the first of jan and then the first of jan to do something else but i'll obviously have to push that back which is fine it's all brick sessions at the moment yeah so much brick sessions i'm like fuck yeah that's what especially yeah. the, the last like three or four months before the race, it'll every Saturday will be a brick session. Yeah, but even like there's two or three brick sessions a week. Oh, really? Yeah, weird way of programming. I did. I think I did have a couple. Like, I'd have like a Thursday brick session or something like that. Yeah. So the, the program's designed as as if I was doing a race on January first. Like that's yeah. the way a program's okay, yeah. written. So that's why the that's why the frequency because it just gets uber it gets uber specific for the actual task at hand, yeah. which obviously I don't need that specificity this far out from the actual race. Nah. So it's not the biggest deal. I, re- I just need to get back in the running. Like my knee, I did a run last Friday yeah. to see how my knee was. So hips, absolutely fine now. Yeah. Um, but my knee's a bit, it's because it impinged fat pad. So it just yeah. gets really, really sore. Time. One of my clients had that and now we're just ink slowly increasing his running. Yeah. But it, the thing is it can take, it could be gone in a few weeks. It could be gone in a few months, yeah. but which, the, is, which is annoying. The more time you take, you give it to go away, the faster it will go away. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Whereas if you try and rush back into it, that's quite hard because when I'm down in Melbourne over Christmas, I have this uh, plan in my head to run from Carlton to the MCG, do a lap of the MCG and come back. How far is that? 10K. Yeah, it should be fine. So it's 3.9 from my auntie's house to the MCG. A lap of the MCG is probably a K, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, well, I mean, the field itself is like... Yeah, but I'm obviously not going to run the pitch. I'm going to run around the stadium. Yeah. So probably a little bit over a K. No, it's probably bigger than you think. It's probably close to 2K. Yeah, you'll be able to do it. You'll oh yeah, I'll be able to do it. It's just like how does the knee hold? If up? you know it's three point nine back, you can just do you know cut like a little half extra lap or something. Yeah, but yeah, th- I mean, or just walk back as well. Like it's not that far. Yeah. Alrighty, I think that might be us, guys. Yeah. New PB, hour and fifteen minutes. 
Happy days. Um, thank you very much for listening. Um, if this is your first time. Thanks for having us. Uh, yeah. we're, thanks for having us. Uh, we're thankful for, for having you. Thanks for being here. Yeah, I don't know. I don't thanks know. For, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks okay. for listening. Yeah, putting it on your listening device and listening to it. Um, give us a like and a follow, um, a subscription, hit the notifications bell, all that Press jazz. all the buttons you need to at Better Blokes Podcast on Instagram. Better Blokes Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and of course for our lizard listeners, Amazon. Amazon. See? Yeah, you're getting involved. Just take it off Amazon. It doesn't need to be on Amazon. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah.